welcome to the Guys and Brew Show! Yeah! What is up, Kaz? Uh, what is up? What is up? You know, I'm sitting here. I've got my Kona Isles coffee here. I've got uh, a, uh, some sort of vegan soup. I've got, I've got my, and I've got playoff basketball and Bruce. What could be better? You know, I'm dangerously low on the the Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee front. Um, they sent just a boatload when uh, they first um, sent our, their coffee out to us. So uh, I'm looking at the last box right now, sort of in oh. fear that um, I'm, I'm going to run out. So we do have a meeting with them on Tuesday, and uh, I'm just going to sort of like put my hands out like, what is that, uh, the, the little boy? It's like, please, sir, can I have another? And hopefully oh, they'll... Uh, uh, a twist, right? Is that Oliver Twist? Yeah, yeah, that's a book I didn't read. Um, is it Oliver Twist or is it the, the kid from uh, The Christmas Carol? Oh, is it The Christmas Carol? Oh, man, man, we're old. That, yes. uh, these, kids, these kids listening to this show have no idea what that is, and I kind of barely... <laughs> Oliver, <laughs> like Oliver Twist, isn't that the new dance that uh, One Step did? Or <laughs> is that the... Is that the, the God, we're gonna just date ourselves on this. The floss, right? The, is are you talking about the floss? <laughs> the, I swear, you know what? If we could just patent a summer d- dance craze, like I think oh, we, yeah. we would just be rich immediately. Because that that floss thing is funny because, like, never. I mean, I'm not like a you know a great dancer by any stretch. I enjoy you know I used to in my twenties go dancing a lot and stuff, but I wouldn't so much consider myself a great dancer but i've never heard a piece of music and been tempted to do that like it just seems like way too much work i just i don't understand it doesn't look cool so i don't understand what why people are doing that and then there was a flurry of advertisements. The ad execs thought, hey, you know what? Everybody doing the floss in our ad is really going to push some products. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's just, you know, let's just green light a lot of flossing. Um, you know, speaking of flossing, it feels like every time we do an open cause, we're just going to go off the rails. And then I'm going to say, speaking of whatever the hell doesn't have anything to do with <laughs> the next thing I'm going to say, which is playoffs. playoffs. Where is Pitbull when we need him? Playoffs. Oh, I have- I have seen – this is the least amount of pit bull I've seen in a playoff year in a while. But you know where I see a lot of pit bull is on advertisements for these big, like, uh, motivational, like, seminars. <laughs> so it'll be like, come listen, to, come listen to, you know, such and such, you know, billionaire and Magic Johnson and this person and Conley's arrest and pit bull. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm, like, I'm interested in his story because I have heard him talk a little bit about like when he was a kid and stuff his dad made him do, and it's, it's fairly interesting. But he's always like the odd man out, and I swear they're everywhere. They're on billboards, whatever. It'd be like a couple of billionaires, a really rich, famous person that that did well in business, and Pitbull. <laughs> I, sorry, I'm dying over here just because he's he is he's not a divisive figure. He's a unifying figure that this country needs right now. <laughs> uh, I bet if they came back and did a reprise of the Pitbull Keisha playoff song, like we would all be on board. It would it Which, would it would be great. 
Nothing unifies basketball Twitter like that and John Tesh. Oh, yeah. So anyway, let's talk some playoffs here. Um, So we've got four series, and uh, obviously we have possibly what you could call the NBA Finals with uh, Golden State and Houston. And uh, let's just go ahead and start there. Yeah, let's start there. Let's go right into the meaty topic. Um, This has been a... uh, it's been a tight series. It's been um, obviously hotly contested. Um, the first game was pretty god awful to watch. Oh, yeah. I mean, just the the arguing and just the the. If you watch it with Twitter, you know you you've got this just constant flow of total garbage. You know, going through your your veins. Um, Twitter hit us up for a sponsorship. Um, the the defensive uh, landing zone stuff and the way that the Rockets go about it is is the big story out of Game One. You know, Game Two came around and it was a really strange game because you had Steph get hurt for a little bit and then you had James Harden get hit in the eyes. And before he got hit in the eyes, he was hesitant because I don't think he felt his shot very well. And um, once he got hit in the eyes, he really just passed up a lot of shots. To me, that bogged down their offense. So uh, where are you with with that series right now? Uh, You know, um, we're going to find out a lot about uh, the Warriors tomorrow because um, they they can wrap this thing up. Houston is doing everything in their power to um, make sure that they don't win this series. Uh, They are... I think I, I this the last year they were very hungry and I kind of think they think that the whole Chris Paul if Chris Paul hadn't got hurt we would have won they've kind of taken that to heart and kind of mentally given themselves a championship <laughs> that they <laughs> that they didn't earn and they're kind of going through the motions and I, I this, it doesn't feel right their defense has been atrocious to me like the decision making. I don't know why they are keeping Harden on Kevin Durant, who's playing at like this ungodly level right now. I don't know why you would take your worst defender and seemingly, seemingly go out of your way to put him on him. Um, there's just a lot of issues. The whole the whole thing with the landing zone and stuff. I thought for, they had there was a gripe in the first half. I thought, you know. Some of particularly the Clay Thompson ones, not only were bonehead, but quite frankly, they were quite dangerous. I think that if if somebody if somebody was playing defense on Clay or stuff like that, you know, Warrior Nation would be pretty riled up and upset. Um, but that being said, they you know then they leaked that report about last year's Game Seven and all that nonsense, and it's like, you know, if your game plan is to have the other team get penalized if that's a major part of your plan you have no plan and you don't intend on on doing the dirty work that it takes to win a championship so um you know maybe some home cooking is what they need but this team doesn't seem to have even though these games have been you know the first they've been tight they don't seem to have the willingness to do the little things that they need to do to win this year as they were doing in last year's series so I see a lot of stubbornness, but but the thing that's really striking is that they just seem slow to me. 
Like, I mean, look at that. Harden seems slow. And, and granted, it's because he's up against the backdrop of Andre Iguodala. Um, but then, like, Capella, he looks like he's running in molasses out there. And I'm yeah. not quite sure if his illness, you know, it's like he has a bad game. It's the illness. He has a good game. The illness has just disappeared. Um, right. You don't know what's going on there. But I've noticed, even though he's had a nice season statistically this year, he's been pretty slow all year. Um, Chris Paul yeah. obviously is no spring chicken. Eric Gordon's just sort of doing his thing. He looks fine to me. Um, Eddie Howe, or pardon me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I was going to say Eddie House. Danwell House is, uh, he kind of looks a little slow to me. So um, they just look slow. And um, that's before you get to the game plan stuff. Um, my, my, my gripe with them in game one was it sure seemed like James Harden and Chris Paul wanted to just assert that they were as good or better than the people that were covering them. They didn't want to give in to the idea that they needed to go Steph hunting. So they get all these switches, and but still, you know, Harden's trying to take Iguodala off the dribble, um, and he doesn't quite have the step when when you can just sort of move the ball around and get your your switch with Steph defending whoever you're going to go at him with. You can really put a lot of pressure on Steph for one. For two, you're getting a better look. And, um, you know, you're just not driving right into the teeth of the defense. So I felt like they were just really stubborn. And I get that to a certain degree. You don't want to just concede, hey, you guys are better than me. You know? And... uh, yeah, I, I think well, I think they are doing. I mean, less switching. The Warriors are doing less switching than I've ever seen them do. Like they're not. It's not quite as bad as it's been in recent years, but they have something with Iguodala on on James Harden. He really just can't get by him, and which is different than last year. Well, yeah, because I think the the Warriors, you know, for the last. Five years have been really mindless. You know, they've they've kind of started the mindless switching mm-hmm. uh, in the NBA, and I think in this, like I've seen Clay quite a few times fighting over um, screens to stay on this guy. Andre's been doing it, and Durant's been doing it. Um, you know, at certain times, so that's a problem for Houston. And, but plus, you're right; they are. Not they're not really probing enough, and that comes because one guy's got the ball in his hands for you know the first you know sixteen seconds of the shot clock. It's kind of hard to probe and see what a team will do if one guy's just going to stand in one place with the ball. Um, I, I I think Eric Gordon's fine, but I think he's so much better when he's you know mixing up his game. I mean, if he's just going to be a spot up shooter, then it's just a, then it's just a make miss thing. I think he brings so much more to the table. When he's taking it in, he's got a big body. He can finish with contact. I think that would really alleviate a lot of the problems because right now, and, and not only is he just standing in one spot shooting, he's, he's standing like six feet behind the line. Like, is there, is there a particular reason why he can't go get a normal three, why he has to shoot? I think, I think it's because of what you said before is that he's not getting the ball. And so, you know, like there's a one way you could get the ball is you just keep creeping out towards the half court line and you're just way more open. <laughs> Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, not open here. Okay. Hey, I'm a little bit more open here, you know, and just on down the line. Um, 
it, that's been, you know, I keep going back to game one because game two was a little bit odd. I mean, you know, once Harden gets hit with the injury, it really changed, the to me, the dynamic of the game and sort of made it an outlier. Um, but but in, in, in game one, the pace that the Rockets played at, I get they're not a fast-paced team. That's not their DNA. Um, but they were just never pushing into any sort of advantage. And you're going up against a set defense and then standing there, you know, till 14 seconds and Harden's sort of just playing with, okay, I want to get this matchup. I want to get that matchup, but you're right. The Warriors aren't switching it as much. And it just was a lot of nothing out there. And you you, you can't do that. No. And you're not, and you're not, you're doing yourself a disservice because, you know, Draymond Green has really stepped it up on the defensive end. Did he lose like 20 pounds before the playoffs or is that just me? He he definitely took. There's a, there's a he's he's missing some lbs. There's some lbs that are that are wandering that he, used to be on. He him. looks as good as any time in his career, right yeah, now. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. If, I guess I didn't watch enough the last like ten games of the season, maybe to, to see when he did this. But he definitely looks a lot, a lot leaner. But he's really stepped up on. You know, he's doing as far as engineering the help. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. from the back line, he's doing. You know that what you expect him to do. And so to, to constantly run into a set defense that's longer than you and is playing excellent help, you, you, you gotta, you gotta push the tempo. You gotta, you've got to, not, that doesn't mean shoot fast. It means, but you gotta get the ball across half court to where the Warriors will be scrambling. And then you might have the matchup you want just because they have to just hustle back to, uh, to get somebody. And they're just kind of floating. Around. It's like they're, they're really, really just waiting to get back to Houston. <laughs> the problem is, hmm. if the Warriors win a game in Houston, this series over. <laughs> that's, that's that's it. They have two must wins. You know, you know they really. I thought game two, and I, and I thought uh, you know there was no sense of urgency because to me, game two was the must win. They got to beat the Warriors four to five times now, and I just I, just, I don't see that happening. These series, I mean, the, going down, there's that old adage, you, you, the series doesn't start until the um, home team loses. And so there's that juxtaposed with now you got to win four out of five if you're Houston. And that's, um, yeah, that's rough. Uh, and, and, and just and another thing, like, no one's really talking about it because he, I think because he might win the MVP again. So people don't want to kind of talk about you know it might might put a, a bad shine on the mvp and how significant it is but we're talking like james harden hasn't been good for what five games in a row now <laughs> you know like <laughs> at, at one point do people stop talking about his regular season and like just completely just throw it away and be like dude you you get really bad in the playoffs not like you didn't play as well like you're bad in the playoffs I this did. is five games in a row. He, he has, he's been nothing to where Houston needs him. You know, that, that was the worst, you know, 35 points I've ever seen. <laughs> you know, well, <laughs> it's had, funny. The know. playoffs are just these great revealers of what teams. I, th- I forget who said this out there, but the playoffs reveal your, your biggest weakness and mm-hmm. the, 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 just whatever, who's focusing on you and, and kind of how they, they play you. It's just going to find that weakness. And, with Harden, I I don't know. Um, maybe he has slowed down. You know that he does look slow to me. Like he doesn't have quite the snap on whether it's his um, 
you know, his fadeaway three, or or just anything in in general going to the going to the rack. He um, so he could be nursing an injury that um, we don't know about. That could be one thing. Um, you always worry about him going hard in the regular season for the awards, and you know what that might look like in the playoffs. Um, but it's not really going hard during the regular season because he only plays on one side of the court. Like I, I, I understand like. I understand being having the ball in your hand that much does take stuff out of you, but he literally doesn't play any defense at all for 82 games. Like, I so I, I don't want to give him the pass that a lot of people give him of that he you know he's he's tiring out. Like, how could you be tired? You don't do anything. Like, there was a great play at the end of game one where Kevin Durant. It was the last like minute or two. Had a he had a, he he went he was at the top and he went by his man and he had he ended up flushing it with two hands. The last line of defense was was uh, James Harden. He was about four feet outside of the key and he had he was covering Draymond Green in the corner. You can't be outside four feet outside of the key to, shading towards Draymond Green. You gotta be you gotta be pushing for an illegal D and getting in there and at least being able to commit a hard foul. You can't just and he just and he never moved. He just stood there and watched Kevin Durant take two dribbles from the top of the key and dunk it while he had Draymond Green in the corner. So, I mean, I, he might as well have had Stevie Wonder in the corner. You got a gift there and help. Well, can, you know? well, can Stevie so, Wonder shoot in that example? <laughs> I well, so I think he so like I think like bad habits when things are going when you get punched in the face, your bad habits get worse and. That's kind of what we're seeing here on, on certain things. But let's spin this a little bit. Like the Warriors or probably the Rockets have covered in both of their games. That means they're doing better than expectations. And though Vegas had war- the Warriors as the favorite, it, it's not the big, you know, favorite number that we've seen in the past. So, I mean, despite playing like this, they've lost by four and six points and been in these games. So what do you right. make of that? I make that when you take the amount of threes that the Warriors are taking. I don't, I don't, and I think that, you know, Steph and Clay are, are gimpy. Um, not just the finger for Steph, but the finger wasn't it was an issue, and he really just kept on chucking. Um, but um, I think for Clay too, I think that, that I think these few days off, I think, are really going to help um, with his ankle. Um, you know, they're not moving the ball. I mean, they're just, you know, it's, it's Kevin Durant just – just kind of going crazy. Um, He's a guy. Defense. If you don't get a, if you don't get into his body space and, or also yeah. at the same time get a hand in his face, uh, it's over. He's yeah, they're not. They're not doing any pre. Like when he's off the ball, they're not doing any work to muscle him around. They're, he's just walking to wherever spots he wants it. And once he gets it in the paint, if he gets it in that eight foot area. It's over. Like he, he's not gonna miss. You are. It's he's not gonna miss those shots. And so to be untouched when he's off the ball, walking wherever he wants to walk, and especially since you you did everything you could as the Rockets organization to establish between games one and two that the Warriors are fouling the crap out of you. You know, you. The, I think that they could have got away with a lot more off the ball physicality, but they didn't even try. You know, this guy's that's the one thing that I miss about the 80s basketball and the early 90s basketball is like 
they, if you were gonna, if a guy was gonna go off for forty, he was at least gonna have to have some bandages. Like Kevin Durant's just rolling around, just feeling good, you know, eating people alive, and no one's even bothered to put an elbow in his chest. You know? It's almost like the Rockets need some guy named Patrick Beverly on their squad. Almost, you, you know what? Almost, you know, have some guy that actually doesn't like the team he's competing against, you know? <laughs> it's funny, um, and maybe this is a good time to pivot. You got any final thoughts on um, this series and, and any expectations going forward? I mean, I've been, uh, I'll quickly add that, I've been I've been feeding the, um, the, the machine with just small little Rockets bets because, you know, the, the home team wins or the home team, you know, the series doesn't start until the home team loses thing. That adage, I'm sort of thinking, OK, you know, these odds. Basically, the Rockets are five to one now, more or less. And, you know, so I'm trying to feed some money into that because theoretically the home team should win and the Rockets should win two games. It should be two to two going into game five. You know, and the series starts in a best of three type thinking. Right. You look at that the other way and you go, they got to win four out of five and it gets a little less uh, rosy. Um, but. Are you expecting things to change? You got any last thoughts on this before we move on to uh, grab bag pick the Philly series? Yeah, let's let uh, we'll see if the Warriors come out really, really focused for Game Three, win or lose. Even if they even if they lose, I, I think that we're looking at a five game series. If if Houston puts a like a, a significant win, because they will get some more calls at home. I mean, that is the advantage that teams have in, in the playoffs at home is that you get more calls. So they'll get more calls. They'll get to the line more. But if, if they can put on a double-digit win... They got to punch them in the have, face. They got to punch them in the face. They got to win by 10, 12, um, and have control of the game. But if, if, they, just, if they just squeak by... It, it, this thing is over. It, it's going to be a five. It's going to be fiber. Yeah, I think they they really because I mean, unfortunately, you could have gone with last year's strategy of of letting Durant be the conduit and you know really pushing his mental game, um, staying home on everybody else. But you got to have somebody that's going to just punch him in the face. And I don't know. Maybe that's Shumpert. Uh, Shumpert, five minutes in the last game. He, um, unfortunately, they gave him run of the yard in Sacramento and let him take fadeaway threes and anything he wanted to shoot. And it seems like he's doing that still. He can't quite get away from that style of play. So it's hard to have him on the floor. Um, yeah, but, but if you're, if you're going to be like, if you're going to be as offensively unaggressive as Chris Paul has been, hmm. I'd rather have Shumpert out there. You know, like I, you know what it, I mean. Like he's 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 just not doing anything on offense. He's just he's just kind of there. It's really <laughs> hard to watch. Um, we didn't cover. Let's quickly cover Chris Paul. Like, um, what you know? It's been weird. Both Paul and Harden have had the loosest handle that I've seen them have in a really long time. High dribbles, palm dribbles, just you name it. Like the ball is flying around. It's it's I don't get it like have they been yeah. dribbling like this all year um Chris Paul can't beat anybody and isn't really doing his signature stuff um yeah Chris Paul I think is probably really just old and like hurt I think he's at a time now in his career where he's just gonna be in pain at this time of the year but he's got to be he's one of the craftier people I've ever seen in the screen and roll and he's just got to demand more and, and just use his craftiness to at least attack and, and make the Warriors do it. The Warriors aren't doing anything on defense. No, they're just they're standing. Just it's like, fun. Yeah, it's funny that you say that. They're just standing you know, there. Standing there. This is like 
a practice. This is like going over, you know, the shell drill in practice. They're not doing anything. The, 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 the Rockets are not making the Warriors do anything on defense. And to close and, this up, both teams could use a little, little bit of additional pace. I think both teams, for whatever reason, want to play this thing slow and... Um, yeah, you just you're just handing the defense an extra you know eight seconds and a win, in in yeah. my opinion. Um, I was going to pivot into the Jimmy Butler thing because, um, you know Philly, I I really put a lot on Toronto. I didn't think that Philly, um, you know, was going to get it together that the way that they have in Toronto and classic Toronto form has opened the door for them to get all sorts of confidence. I mean, Jimmy Butler dunked and put his yeah, he just teabagged. I forget whoever it was. Uh, the other night, and then Kawhi did come down, and I came up with a Kawhi a nickname. Can I um, submit to you? What do you think, Kawhi, the sure. librarian Leonard? The librarian, I like it. The librarian. Uh, I, I think you would have to like go with like an old eighties style, kind of like the principal. Um, <laughs> like that gets throw an ad campaign together with Kawhi, the librarian Leonard. It was really good. Um, so it yeah, passes I, the sniff test. All right, sweet. I like. It. I like it a lot. Um, yeah, let me let me ask you this question because I was thinking about it. it. For an all-star, think of all the all-stars you've ever watched play basketball. Is Kyle Lowry the worst playoff performer you've <laughs> ever seen from all-star? Honestly. He is killing them out there. And he is the <laughs> subject of my ire because of said bets. And uh, he... I, I, okay, so let's let's just go right I mean, into Kyle Lowry. You, you, you tell me, tell me, think about it. You 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 have to oh, end of the show. You, oh no, yeah, he, oh by far. I can't, think, by far. I can't even think. I can't even like. Far. I mean, you're. Uh, I'm thinking about Demar Derozan. You know, yeah, like. Oh, and then I'm. That's the best guy, but he had a really good series last year <laughs> against, I, against Denver. I thought he played really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's something about Toronto, but it's it, uh, it's like personalities. Like so, Kyle. It, this is what you never want with your team. Somebody who's not good that thinks that they're really good. And uh-huh. it's not that Kyle Lowry's not good. It's just that he is such a focal point of what they do. And like Chris Paul, he's not doing anything out there. He's not doing anything. I, I mean, mean, and when he does, it's not a good idea. Thank you for, I don't know what it is. Like, he's just, I mean, he needs to get in with the, you know, I'm not, he needs to get in there with the sports psychologist to figure this thing out because it's such a drastic difference. And then when you look at him as a as a whole, you know, his whole career, like he came into the league as a scrapper and a defensive specialist. Like he worked himself into a hell of an offensive player. Guys like that usually don't crumble under pressure. Guys like that are usually the kind of guys that like you could always count on when things get tough. So it's like it's like mind boggling that he year after year after year just performs in this. It's not like he's just missing shots or something. I think anybody would be fine with that. It's his, you know, dribbling it off his knees. And so, did he try to go between the guy's legs? No, he, I, I, either he did that. Yeah, you know, he it's either, just, yeah, he either did that or he slipped. It's one or the yeah, other. But, but there are always these kind of like these these his performance it's you could tell like he's nervous he's uncomfortable it's like dude like play just play well what's what's interesting about him is he's been sort of flippant there with the media and just like kind of an ornery personality and you know this has been the way that it's been 
And I kind of wonder like what the impact on the team is when you have a guy who's not really worked his contract, who's probably not a part of the future of the organization, who's kind of that bombastic of a personality. You know, what does that do on the floor for the floor balance? You know, you got Kawhi out there, not Kawhi just needs to probably be. He, I think Kawhi has been plenty assertive, but still, it's it, it's like he needs to do that more. He needs to go run, take the ball from Kyle, and almost kick him off the floor. <laughs> yeah, I thought. I think there's been a couple of instances in this series where he needed to. I mean, as a coach, you'd love that he is going to run whatever the set calls for, but there's been some times where he, he should have broken off the set and just went and got the ball. And um, done his thing. Well, and that's the that's the next thing with this series is Nick Nurse is not having a good series. <laughs> no, he is. Not. He's not. And what he said after the game two loss was that guys needed to play harder. And I thought that was incredibly tone deaf. Yeah, <laughs> you can't like Serge Ibaka is getting his his ass kicked by Joel Embiid. You've got a big hoss in Mark Gasol who. I mean, you almost have to match him minute for minute with that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's getting smoked out there. Even how, like do, the, how are these decisions not? I, I just I, I look at this stuff and go, how? Like, is there not somebody on his staff who goes, hey, maybe this would be a good idea, coach? And then coach goes, no, we've done this all year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're, we're not turning to. We're not, I mean, what is going on? I mean, that. the guys, and, and that's that's really funny that you brought it, because they, they were talking about it on TNT, that Chuck was saying, like, you know, how much bigger Embiid is than Ibaka, and, and like, he just doesn't feel him. Like, and he's bigger than the overwhelming majority of guys, but, like, he look Ibaka looks teeny next to him. Well, Ibaka's it, also no. turning in this crazy bad defensive performance. Like, there was a play that they put on <laughs> film where he just – literally didn't put a finger on a guy and just watched him drive around him. I forget who yeah. the driver was. I think it was Butler, maybe. It was... So, I mean, Nurse is having a bad series. And and I love that that's happened because so many people said, oh, Dwayne Casey this, Dwayne Casey that. And then Nick Nurse was just bequeathed to offensive genius, you know, um, or genius coach or whatever, you know, better coach. Um Right, right off the shoot, you know, right off the right. jump there, and you know, where are people getting that from? Right. Um, now uh, the playoffs are a tougher place to coach. Um, Jimmy Butler, um, you know, I was thinking about with the Kevin Durant stuff. Like, you have to have somebody on your team that will punch somebody in the face, metaphorically. Right. Um, right. Butler has that toughness and. Yeah, you say whatever you want about a contract, you know, for his next stop, wherever that may be. I think he's a great fit in Philly. I love him playing next to Joel Embiid. Um, I, I just think it's 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 just Philly in a nutshell, right there. Um, yeah, but better move Simmons. Yeah, Simmons is the odd I man. I don't want to show this show to get out of hand, but it's just so like he just doesn't fit. I'll say this just, about Simmons: I've appreciated his defensive effort in this series. Yes, I'll give him that. Okay, you're right. I'll give him that. He, he, has, he has been there on the defensive end, but offensively, he just doesn't – he doesn't even cut. Like, you got to do something. You got to do something out there. You know, he won't move – it's got to do something. 
Anyway, this whole offensive IQ thing is is just fascinating to me because these guys are at the highest level of the sport and they're not capable of morphing to whatever the team needs them to be. And it's so different than any other sport. You know, right. like, I mean, baseball is a bad, bad equivalent, but like football is a really good measure. Like, could you imagine just like not running the plays correctly unless you're Randy Moss? Like you, you just, right. they, they right. do every little detail is so important. You know, the way that their footwork is and just the signals, everything's in sync and right. you go to basketball. It's like, you know, he's just going to stand there like, duh, yeah. what yeah, do like, I do now? Somebody just like, doesn't break their route off on third and short after Brady automobiles audibles and and then they just go, Oh, well, you know, I just didn't do it. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like, and I'm not going to change. I'm not going to get any better at this. Come on. Who are you talking about? Yeah, no, it's, um, would never happen. (laughs) Philly has uh, gotten it's in my opinion, Philly's got lucky because Toronto has so many matchups that they can just, you know, tap into like, I mean, Siakam covering, you know, Harris, you know, like he could just shut him down. So there you go. That's that's one of four guys down. And what's with this? I mean, they, again, this kind of reminds me. Uh, Mar- I gotta I gotta get on Marcus All here. You know, kind of oh. doing the LeBron with uh, LeBron with uh, JJ Barea thing. You cannot have Tobias Harris covering you. I don't care if he go. I don't care if he goes three for twenty. You cannot allow them to put Tobias Harris on you and then you just play uh, high post basketball. Yeah. Get in, the, in, in this block and get, put it your butt in him and move him under the rim and make your layups. Come yeah, on, man. Or get your easy assist. Develop a three-point shot out of it. Like, there's, there's, he's having a terrible series in that respect because you got nurses going to play him opposite Embiid. So that means that he's going to go against somebody like Tobias Harris quite often. Um, you know, he's, he's not going to find somebody in the post that can cover him, but he yeah. all year has been that way where you yeah. just sort of like, Hey man, you got this advantage and, and he hasn't used it at all this season. So his stock has declined, um, but he is a, an integral part of the, the, the defense. He's had a pretty good defensive series. I think he's made a lot of plays. Um, but but Toronto, it comes back to Kyle Lowry for me. Like his personality is being sort of um, you know through osmosis. I think th- making this team a little less confident than they should be, um, and, they, <laughs> and they also just walk it. This walking it up for them has killed them as well. I've been on the under for these guys, so I'm happy. I've been getting paid, <laughs> but yeah. it's not. Um, it's just not smart to to constantly walk up and let the defense get set. And um, you know you have players like Kawhi who can run, Pascal can run. You know Danny Green can't really run, but um, you know theoretically you can get some stuff in transition and and, and make things a little bit easier for you. Um, I'm not gonna move off of Toronto. I think they still take no, this I'm serious. Not, no. Uh, I'm 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 there, but they're what they're doing is making this a lot harder for themselves, and they're also well, they took uh, their foot off their throat. Yeah, they're they're making it much more difficult, and they're also helping Kawhi Leonard pack his bags. I mean, if they have any interest in keeping that guy, they they got to they got to play better. I mean, I, I wonder <laughs> if you scale back Lowry's minutes. That's you well, that, you would think that, but Van Fleet's playing terrible too. You know, there's, 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 I mean, that would be the ideal 
would be to, to do that. But Van Vliet's, Van Vliet's been terrible. You know, he hasn't done anything. Well, you know, he. And one of the things that I think that comes back to is that second lineup has just so. It is it, I've seen some lineups out there where you, you've got like, you know, Van Vliet, Green, um, you know, basically just second unit guys that are not able to. Um, you know, generate any looks at Baca, you know, has been out there in some of those lineups where it's like nobody can beat anybody really off the dribble and they're just sort of running stuff and they're not getting right. anywhere. So maybe Van Vliet's been a victim of that, but he's got to be better. Uh, I'll still stick with Toronto. It might be my famous last words, um, but that is the yeah. way that it is. But, you know, at Philly, though, with that toughness and, and one more thing on Jimmy Butler is like, man, you can't put a price on that. And I almost might get behind a team I know somebody flipped through it out there in, in Sacramento land. Like, what about Jimmy Butler there? I mean, just to be able to add sure. that kind of toughness to and, – and there was a one of those inside tracks things where they, he was all mic'd up. I mean, he's a communicator on defense. Yeah. yeah. It's, I like one of, one of those times when they came off the floor and he was, like, telling everybody how great a defense they played and stuff. Like, yeah. I, I'm, yeah, I, I'll get I'll get behind that. I mean, it, it might be bad money at the end, but if you're Philly and you don't you don't have really you got to look at the Embiid thing as like you only have like maybe two years anyway before his health really gets to a point where he can't be good anymore. It, it might be worth it, to me. It's worth the thing, and certainly for another team because he he hasn't like a lot of guys that have this this they play hard to do all this and it wavers. He keeps getting bounced around team to team, and that has not, that does not go away. His competitiveness and what he brings in has not gone away. So, um, yeah. Yeah, he's a lifer. He's a basketball lifer. He's got it in his blood. Uh, Let's look at the map and let's figure out who we're going to talk about next. We got two choices. Let's go. It's a nice Friday night slate tonight. We got two games. So, everybody get your favorite beverage and whatever the hell you're eating these days. And let's uh, talk Milwaukee, Boston. So, we were, this is one of those rare times that we disagree. And I was like all riding high, getting ready to talk trash. I got Boston (laughs) after game one. I'm like, you know, feeling good. And and then boom, you know, Milwaukee snapped back and took game two. Um, I mean, Kawhi's or probably Kawhi. um, Kyrie's um, numbers in the regular season were not good against Milwaukee. He had a, like a nine for 27 night, night, I want to say, and something similar in another night. Um, Yeah. What what's your read on these guys? Um, you know, heading into Game Three, is is this? I mean, Boston's favored by just two points tonight. Yeah. I I can I kind of look at that and go, really? Like that's to me, it seems like they should get a little bit more love. But what are your thoughts? That means that, that means Vegas thinks they're going to lose. I think. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> you're absolutely I, well. The public, we should say, the public thinks that because right. that that. But I, you're right. Three points is generally the the rule of thumb, and and it's only right. two. I think that if you're, um, you know, it was an interesting series because, you know, I think that Milwaukee was kind of like deer in headlights in game one, and the Celtics just played excellent. You know, they were, I mean, Horford was amazing. Offensively, they were moving around, and even though Tatum didn't have a good game, he still was, like, engaged, you know, and, like, it, they played really, really well. And... and and then, of course, Milwaukee played, you know, no one could hit a shot. So that really affected Giannis. And I, and that 
he has to get better. He's just not very good at passing out of double teams. He's got to do a. He's got to do better about that. But um, but in game two, I, I I don't really know how to judge game two because I think the Celtics just didn't try. Like they looked like a team that that went in there to get a split and they were completely happy with the split. That they really had no intention of grinding out a game and possibly losing. They they said like we're going for a split. We got our split. I don't want to put too much effort out in case we lose because we already got the split. And so we'll just go home to Boston and take care of business there. And that's a very, very dangerous. That usually doesn't work out for teams. In the- yeah, so, I mean, uh, is that on Kyrie? Like, I mean, it's all, I thought it was a collective. I just didn't see anybody with any kind of like, and it wasn't that they weren't playing hard per se. They just were kind of going through the motions and just kind of like, taking way too long to get into sets and you know then then that moved towards Kyrie going one one stuff Tatum didn't he was even though he wasn't shooting the ball well or shooting much in game one I felt he was still engaged with you know penetrating and moving and whipping the ball around he wasn't really engaged at all in this game um yeah I just don't think that they they just weren't in it I think they were happy with their split and that's usually going to catch up to you. So Somebody um, somewhere is going to have to do something really smart, much smarter than, than I'll put this. But there's like this gear in any facet of life where you're you, you kind of from like 90 percent to 100 percent where you are so locked in that nothing can move you off anything. And you're constantly just doing everything in the most optimal way. And you kind of want that out of your basketball team in the playoffs and it's such a mental grind to, to think that way because nothing else matters. You're just tunnel vision. And it's, I've been this way in fantasy basketball analysis or, you know, just sort of like studying for whatever I study for. And, you know, you just feel like you're so locked in, you go to take whatever test that test might be. And you just have so much confidence that you're going to do it the right way that you don't even think about doing it the wrong way. And with the approach on, um, whether it's getting into sets or, or finding the right matchups or knowing when you need to defer or, you know, hey, I'm not good in this this particular thing, you know, maybe you should do it. That's that synchronicity right. and that being on that cutting edge is just not there so often. And it's and it's to me, I wonder if it's just because the mental grind is so tough. Um, somebody out there, if they can figure out how people tap into that, 90th percentile and above that is to me like where all the money gets made on this stuff because the the celtics bring it full circle you know the vacuum of leadership if Kyrie irving is your leader you know and you got a bunch of young guys that don't feel like they're getting the love that could be why you see just this hesitancy to do things in an optimal way um that's all I got there because I, I really think that Boston has a lot of different unique advantages in this series um, with some of their depth, um, the talent, overall talent level. One thing about that last game, um, 123-102, the Bucks won. Chris Middleton, seven three-pointers. He was yeah. on fire. Brooke Lopez had three trays. Um, Bledsoe, yeah. seven of 12. Man, these guys were comfortable. Yeah, I, yeah, Bledsoe, I thought, definitely played a lot better and played the way he's been playing throughout the uh, the season. 
Brooke Lopez, I don't know what he was doing in game one. He was just hanging out. I mean, he was he he was literally just walking around out there, um, just enjoying the show. I, I don't think you can expect Middleton to hit seven threes again, but again, it was his level of engagement that you had to like if you're Milwaukee. So we're gonna we're gonna find out. You know, everyone's been set. Everyone that doesn't want to pick Milwaukee, it's always like we don't think that they're necessarily ready. And so this is the kind of game where we're going to see if they're ready. If they come out and the Boston crowd is just overwhelming them and they're not moving and they're not doing much, then, you know, we'll, we'll know probably that they're not ready. But, and that's not, you know, again, that's, it's not a matter of whether they win or lose. It's, it's how they go about it. There's plenty um, of things that we so. said about Boston, but um, typically the crowds that, you know, have all the ra- the you know, the, um, the banners hanging the rafters, you know, they could be a little mellow if it's not the finals. That crowd brings uh-huh. it, man. You know? Yeah, yeah. They bring yeah. it, and it doesn't matter how many rich people are in the building. They bring it. Right. And uh, yeah. one last thing before we move into Denver. Um, shout out to Eric Bledsoe, who is practicing meditation. To, uh, oh, is he? Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Makes Which is, sense. I mean, hey, if you're wondering why somebody takes a, a step forward, you might look at that. Um, any final thoughts before we move on? I'm staying on the um, you I'm staying staying on Milwaukee, but it, it, it feels more like a seven game. Both that and we didn't say in Toronto, but that that feels like a seven game to me too. Well, I had those both mm. in six, I think. Yeah, so, uh, I'd stay on Boston. One, yeah. I kept leaning into it. I figured the one one um, after this big loss, um, you know, the odds were right to throw a little bit more money on Boston. Uh, disagreement very rare over here at the Cause and Bruce show. Uh, we got Denver and uh, Portland. It's man, I, I'm actually enjoying this series. Um, the the they're just like I love Damian Lillard right now. I love everything he stands yeah. for. I love everything that's that he's just saying. Um, you know, he, t- he had this quote, and I'm gonna not remember what it is, but it was basically like. This isn't pressure. Pressure is not knowing where your next meal comes from. For me to sit here and say that this is a pressure-packed situation almost does the, the, the people that have real pressure in their life, it almost does them a disservice. Um, <laughs> he's really just got his head screwed on straight. And uh, so Portland is fun to watch. Now, I did not think they had a shot in this series. Um, you didn't? No, not, not a shot. Probably, that's probably too strong. But I just... You know, looking at the depth of wings that Denver has that they could throw at Lillard if they want, you know, they they can just throw waves of wings if they wanted to foul him with every wing that they had. You know, we don't want to put a guy like that on the foul line. But like, you know, if you wanted to rough him up, like you could completely sell out on him and um cancer, you know, uh, I think as far as matchups go, um, Jokic probably, you know, you don't find um matchups that that Jokic is good in very often you'd think Cantor would be one of them but Cantor's been you know pushing him around a little bit Cantor has been balling yeah these playoffs he has been balling and good for him you know he had to put up with the Knicks and uh you know he's go ahead it's kind of funny what you said about you know what Lillard just said and I think you can kind of say the same for Cantor I mean this is a guy who like has like hits out on his life you know his family is in constant danger in turkey for those who don't know he's very outspoken against the dictatorship there and so there's like literally places in the world that he cannot go because he's going to get killed so like his whole approach 
to life in basketball, it's just different. You know, he's not, he's still taking this time. He's two really good games. And he is like, he's actually using fouls better than any big man I've seen in years. Like he, every single time he fouls someone, it has a purpose and it's actually crucial. It's stopping runs. You know, it's it's reinforcing that you're not just going to walk through the paint. Like I, I think he is playing like very high level, excellent basketball. But I, but he's playing free because like there's just bigger things in life, you know, for, for Ennis Cantor. Sure, yeah. And um, I thought that the NBA um, firing the Turkish NBA outlets. Um, social media guy who basically is either connected to the dictatorship or however they didn't want to tweet anything with Canner's picture because they get in trouble. I mean, you know, that, that was a good move by the NBA, um, you know, to get right on, get right ahead of it and really good by Canner to point that out, um, at risk to himself, you know, nobody likes the complaining guy. Um, and, and he's, you know, out there just standing for what he believes in and, and good for him. Um, Mo Harkless is a little banged up heading into game three. This is where the depth issues come into play for Portland. Um, you know, are they going to be able to sustain any sort of injuries? And then with the waves of players that Denver can throw at them, um, you know, that would be a little bit of a concern, but, um, I think Denver struggles with the same thing. A lot of these teams that we've been talking about struggles with is, is just getting into the right stuff and making sure that they're, um, you know, not just playing sort of suboptimal ball. It's, it's, it's hard to put a finger on with Denver sometimes. Cause you know, you on one hand, you got Jokic flinging the ball around in a, in a very, um, you know, strong way. He, he he's good with his decision making, but um, I just I watched them and in, in their brick fest the other night um, missed a lot of open shots in that game. Um, yeah, I don't think either team can really stop each other very much. So. Yeah, they, they, it's it's hard to figure out, but Denver has a difficult time putting runs together when the other team isn't doing something stupid you know like they have like they can they can have matchups and they could be doing something that's really working and if the other team can like come back at them they they like fall apart and they move away from what they were doing it, it's really weird like for them like 20 to 2 run it just be because they're getting stops and playing basketball, it's like the other team has to really, really, really help them. And I don't know exactly why. It might be because their guard is the center, and when the ball is when it's moving, when the game is moving fast, they have people who aren't very good decision makers that will have to make that are making the decisions and have the ball in their hand for you know, four or five in a row. And so the best decision maker might not touch the ball. I think that has something to do with it. But there's times I'm watching, okay, they, they go on a they go on a eight oh, ten oh run and then like the other team scores a couple of points and then they just completely scrap everything and you're like, what are you doing? You know, like what what are you doing right now? 
it's um, that so, part about players listen. not making great decisions. You know, hey, shout out to to Michael Malone for only playing Will Barton seventeen minutes in Game Two. <laughs> he though in those seventeen minutes, Barton pulled down eleven rebounds, so that's um, pretty damn impressive. Um, maybe he was collecting all those bricks. Who knows? Um, only three offensive, but he um, he's been bad, man. Like. And and gumming up the the offense and um, but only 17 minutes in that loss. I, there's the, right. the one thing that we're not seeing, and we didn't see it in the last series against Portland either. Is you gotta put Cantor in the pick and roll. You this stuff. Yeah. I mean, you can't get this is money on the table for teams, and this like we gotta run our system. You know, we gotta pass it around yeah. three times. You know, this is our this is how this is what we do. Like. That stuff yeah. is killing teams, and I think coaches are aware of it. I think coaches just don't know how to stop their players from just sort of playing. And yeah, it's a it's a problem. Like the the, uh, the this idea that we have to empower the players to give them all these options. It's it's funny because the the average player is so less experienced. You know, the guys aren't going to college for four years. You know, they're not. They're not, you know, playing in a minor league system. So you're now now we've we're, we're coaches were a lot more strict and ran a lot of sets, you know, in the past with not a lot of options, and they had way higher IQ players. Now we're saying, you guys with less basketball IQ, you guys get the keys to the car. You guys can do whatever you want, and it and it and it, it creates this basketball. But in these tight situations, you're like. Like, Good we, lord! Like what? This is awful. Like these are just awful decisions to make. Like this is like the lemmings just running off the cliff, falling. Like what are you doing? I think a lot of it has to do with certain offensive moves. You have to sort of rise and fire, or make whatever decision you're going to make. You got to do it so fast, and and it's such yeah. a it's it's the way that people get their points or their whatever you know kind of production is they know that if they sell out on that decision that they're going to get enough daylight to make it happen. <clears throat> so these guys are moving into that without really thinking, okay, hey, is this really what we want to do here? But it's but it's worked for them the entire year. And it, it's it's really it's it's fascinating cuz there's um, you know, if you contrast that with um, you know, pre rule change, um, you know, isolation ball from the 80s and early 90s, it's like the minute the matchup was either discovered or they just knew about it going into the game, they never went away from it. They just isolated. Yeah. I mean, an ISO every time down the floor until it was over. Yeah, it's like the guy that it's, a, it's like the guy that, that can't hit the changeup in baseball. Yeah. In baseball, if a guy can't hit the changeup, he ain't never going to see a fastball. You know, he'll he'll never see a fastball. If the guy if the guy has it, has a changeup, he will never see a fastball. It, it, they don't just throw him a fastball right down the thing just just to show that they can do it. No. But that, and then the NBA, up. that's what it is. I I like my changeup, so I'm going to throw like it anyway. Him. Oh, it went over the fence. <laughs> well, guess what? We're going to do it again because now I'm pissed off. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it doesn't make any sense. It, like like you were saying, you were trying like the analogy that I that I found about the playoffs was uh, you know Kenny Smith said it best. He said like the playoffs is like when you when you have a string hanging off your sweater and, <laughs> and you pull it and it just keeps on 
pulling the sweater and the sweater then is disintegrated. He's like, that's what the playoffs are. You know, yeah, you find good. the weakness, you could just pound the crap at it. Once you find it, there's nothing that anyone can do to stop it. But in the, but today's NBA, everyone stops their own. <laughs> they 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 find they discover the weakness and then they say, eh, no, we're not gonna do it. Kind of like the cancer thing and the pick and roll. Like they're just. They're just, eh, nah, you know, we, we, we want to play more free, so we're not just going to screen and roll him every possession that he's in. It's no, so demoralizing you, you do when you do that, and then the threat yeah. of it becomes worse than the reality of it. So, Absolutely. I mean, Absolutely. it's just like a mind bleep for anybody yeah. involved. Like, if you're a weak side defender and you know Canner could theoretically get burnt for the 50th time in a row... You are so screwed. Like, and, and it's just like the counter to the counter to the counter. You're, you're, you, you have it, man, you plant that seed in the defender's mind and you're just yeah. on that no man's land island, which anybody yeah. who's ever played any sport at any level knows once you feel like you are just screwed anyway, you, you're going to go about it. You, you, you're, yeah. you just get demoralized. And it's, it's like when a, it's like when a rookie like right or left tackle comes into the NFL and oh, they have to God. go like great pass rusher. Like the the first time they they go left, the next time they beat him right, then they spin him. Then the guy, then they're not even making moves anymore because it's so implanted in the tackle's head. Like I gotta get up and I gotta go over here. And then then the pass rusher just walking by them to the quarterback. Like <laughs> you can do that in like every sport. You know, and this is one of those, like, if, if they put Canner in that screen and roll, like, every possession, they're going to get so many open threes just because everyone's going to be tucked in. Oh, my God. <laughs> I got to be in help position. But the guy hasn't even passed half court yet. I got to be in help. Canner's about to get burned. You know? <laughs> I do find in that series, and we're going to wrap it up here, I do find it in that series that um, there's a lot of sort of um, – kind of like tall athletic big men not you know Jokic set aside but you know you got Plumlee you got uh, Zach Collins um, I mean these guys are are, it's like a it's a chess match with a with rooks out there where um, you know those those big men and it contrasts just you know you got this guard play with Lillard and McCollum and you know on the other side you know you got a lot of good wings out there so it's not like it's a big man dominated series or anything like that but you know these guys coming out there Myers Leonard has had a decent series um yes you know it's 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 a weird it's a weird little kind of wonky if you're really into the basketball weeds series um and then you got enough cachet with Lillard there I think that one's gonna go seven I love the second round of the playoffs I'm I'm really excited about this round and um and we'll see how it all turns out with the Warriors because I think, uh, you know, that's obviously the big thing that everybody's watching for. But uh, I don't know about you, Cause. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 mean, I, I, I think that teams were. I, the, I think that part of people's thought that the Warriors weren't going to win a championship this year had to do with Houston really making them work. And I think if they don't, I think that's going to change a lot of people's opinions. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> well, I'll be a few few hundo lighter. I'll put it to you that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, easy come, easy go, as they say. Hey, but you know what? I do have a twenty six and eighteen record right now. So, uh, and I've lost like my last five. So uh, I was looking even better before that. 
Yeah, we're gonna stop it. We're gonna stop it here tonight. I think um, you know what? Let's let, let's give the the people some picks here before we head out. I've got and, and know this. I think I'm one in five. No, one in five, two and four, something like that in my last six. Oh, and the Suns hire Monty Williams as head coach, which oh, is you, uh, you know hilarious. Um, I don't know why he wants that job, but <laughs> I actually I am not. I do not like him taking that job whatsoever. That is not good. Um, nothing against. It's nothing to me. It's nothing against the players, and it's nothing against uh, uh, Monty Williams. But that you know their ownership and is is a nightmare, and they. It, I don't know. Don't buy a house, money. That's all I have to say. <laughs> don't buy a house because. <laughs> and if anybody puts just, goats in your office, just <laughs> slap them. Silly. Uh, did you hear about that? It sounds like you didn't hear about that. Yeah, no. No, Sarver put goats in. Uh, um, what was it Ryan McDonough's office? To like, why, why is that? So he would know to go get like a greatest of all time type player and bring him to Phoenix. And then the oh, goats. He is brought that, three that, goats that, into the office, and 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 the three goats just proceeded to crap all over the place. Like, no, you oh. can't make this up. Like, Sarver is. I, 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 but I, I didn't know you just went and did that. I, I, is that how you are, are a GM? You just go get one of those players. Yeah, oh, yeah, go, yeah. You just call up LeBron and be like, "Hey, dude, come to Phoenix. I hear the weather's him, good. I'll go get Shaq. Just go get him. Go, just go get him. Jordan, yeah. Just go get him. Okay." So pick, oh, okay. yeah, pick, makes- picks before we go. I got uh, looks like I got Boston minus uh, one and a half the other day. It's now minus two. Um, so I still like the under, but not a lot. The minus two nineteen point five. I do think they play under. And then I added the over for Denver Portland tonight is uh, plus two fifteen point five. I think neither team can stop each other, and neither team could make a bucket in the last one. So they are obviously due. Anything else from you, my friend? Nah. <laughs> well, well put. I, I, uh, I got nothing else for anybody else uh, either. But I am happy that we did a show this week. I like Portland for the series. They'll win six. Ooh, we are on opposite sides again. I'll say this: I am not confident in my Denver pick at all. Um, that's what's. I think that's why this round is really good, though, is because there's just you know a lot of evenly matched series right now. So uh, we'll watch it all together. We'll have a good time. Uh, you can find us online at www.hoop-ball.com and facebook.com slash show and Twitter. www.twitter.com slash show. Nobody heard that. Another one's in the books. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>